Welcome to Millennial 624. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. You guys, JK Rowling oh lost her shit again. And this happened on Sunday. I was laughing all Sunday night. I think Pat thought I lost my mind. Like, I literally could not stop laughing out loud. I don't follow JK Rowling on Twitter anymore. But I was alerted to a new nine part tweet storm from her and once again she's talking about trans people and you know we're just i think all collectively done with it so i'm just moving on with my life trying to ignore it okay whatever well stephen king goes and retweets one of her tweets jk rowling gets so excited that finally finally another celebrity is standing by her on her turf views (laughs) she decides I'm going to praise Stephen King on Twitter to thank him for retweeting one of my nine tweets. She writes, I've always revered Stephen King, but today my love reached maybe not Annie Wilkes levels, but new heights. It's so much easier for men to ignore women's concerns or to belittle them, but I won't ever forget the men who stood up when they didn't need to. Thank you, Stephen. She wrote this about a retweet. Well, some of Stephen King's followers tweet Stephen King. Hey, Stephen, you should address the turf tweet by telling us constant readers if you believe trans women are women. Stephen King just replies to this random person on Twitter. Yes, trans women are women. JK Rowling sees this, (laughs) deletes her praise of Stephen King and unfollows him. (laughs) I was so aghast that I spent 20 minutes collecting these receipts. I was like, can other people confirm? Did J.K. Rowling actually praise Stephen King on Twitter? And then she deleted it. Is this all true? People told me it's true. Here's, Here's screenshots. I assemble screenshots. I tweet this all out. My tweet went fucking viral. Did you guys see this? I know. Aren't you at like 65,000 retweets at this point? That was so two hours ago. I've got (laughs) 71,000 likes, 22,000 retweets. This is my most popular tweet ever. You're a little low on the retweets, Andrew. Fuck you, Laura. What's your best performing tweet? (laughs) Uh, Well, I did get 75 likes off of piggybacking off of your status by replying with a Chrissy Teigen gift. So... Always on my coattails. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I mean, that's been the last 15 years of our lives. Duh. (laughs) But that was very exciting for me because I've never actually gone viral on Twitter. But you guys, I mean, how sad is this? J.K. Rowling praises Stephen King. Then he merely says to somebody randomly on Twitter, trans women are women. And J.K. Rowling is so upset by that that she deletes her praise. Yeah. It just what's really disturbing to me is that she and Stephen King were very friendly for a number of years. It's not just like there are two authors who happen to follow each other on Twitter. I mean, they teamed up for multiple live readings of their books together. In fact, we, Andrew and I, attended one of those together. It was a reading. It was Harry Carey and and Garp, was it, at Radio City Music Hall? And um, they just seemed so chummy, I remember. And J.K. Rowling has mentioned multiple times being a massive fan of Stephen King. And it's just interesting to me that somebody who is asking other people to be empathetic to her viewpoints is being like, fuck you for disagreeing with me. Exactly. And what cracks me up about this as well is that so many people on Team JK Rowling are like, she's allowed to share her opinion. How dare you come out against her opinion? Meanwhile, 
she gets so upset about Stephen King tweeting something to somebody else that she goes and unfollows him. Like, wow, how petty. It's really immature. It's like some middle school shit. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to unfollow you. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, there is some other internet drama this week, right, Pam? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how well you guys follow YouTube or if you've ever been big YouTube followers, but I'm pretty sure even most people that are even slightly aware of what's going on on the platform will recognize the name Jenna Marbles because she's kind of one of the OG YouTubers. She's been around for a decade. Um, and, you know, she's just kind of one of those people that's always stayed on the platform. And she put out a video last week, late last week, where she announced that she was going to be quitting for now. And it all kind of came as a result of her deciding that she wanted to be accountable for some of the questionable content that she's put out in the past. So it seems to me like there's a little bit of a debate over whether people were asking her to apologize or whether she did it herself, which I think is kind of interesting. But if you watch the video, which is about 11 minutes long, it it kind of sounds like she made this response after people were asking her to to be more accountable. Um, So in the video, she referenced um, two videos specifically, one where she was impersonating Nicki Minaj And she got called out for blackface for doing that. Mm. And then the other one is a rap video where she um, makes some derogatory racial slurry type comments about the Asian community. And then she also apologized for the series of videos that she used to do back in the day that were basically along the lines of uh, things girls do or things guys do. And she apologized for those because she says that she understands now that that gender is is fluid in a, in a spectrum and she never wants to, you know, stereotype certain genders or make people feel, I guess, um, excluded from those. And also because some of them were a little bit slut shamey. So she was apologizing for that as well. Um, so that's basically all you need to know about that. This also went pretty viral because her content is way different now than it was, you know, 10 years ago when she started out. Right. If you look at the videos that she's been making now, it's literally just like her and her boyfriend and her dogs. And they just like do stuff that should not go viral on YouTube anymore. But it does because it's her. Yeah. So she, you know, she does stuff like making my dogs a birthday cake or uh, turning myself into an upholstery chair and it's just like there's <laughs> completely like nothing innocent problematic stuff. about it yeah. yeah and and she just like does it because because she wants to um but the big so, question I here know. i think was did she have to leave youtube over this because she is departing youtube and she's one of the original youtubers i, I think what she did was far enough in the past and her apology was genuine that she should not have felt like she needed to leave YouTube. But maybe deep down, she was looking for an excuse to get out. I mean, we hear time and time again, being a YouTuber is stressful. Having to come up with new videos is stressful. Editing is stressful and takes a lot of time, especially video. I mean, editing a podcast is nothing compared to what YouTubers have to do. So maybe she kind of saw this as an opportunity to just move on. It's very possible. It's a lot of pressure to be like, you know, she also mentioned, too, that she hates when people call her an unproblematic queen, which I could see how people do that now, especially because, you know, the the attention span of people online is very short. So if all you've been seeing for the past three, four, five years is Jenna Marbles doing things that, like, don't get her into, into any trouble, it's really easy to forget 
how she grew her platform Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. in in exponential numbers that like you're only seeing today and they were an anomaly back then so and it's also easy to forget how different the internet was 10 12 years ago i'm not glorifying it and saying that it was a great place or that the things that happened on youtube were great things but she was also certainly not alone in some of those problematic videos and i was never i didn't watch a ton of her stuff but i mean there's certain videos that are kind of iconic like how to trick people into thinking you're good looking which i think was her first video um, so she definitely sticks out at me as somebody who's pretty iconic for the rise of YouTube. Um, my hope is that, you know, she's doing this because she wants to self-reflect. Yeah. Uh, and that she's doing it for herself, right? Because yeah, if she's being, if she feels like she's being pushed off the platform, then that's an entirely different conversation. Um, whereas if she's making the conscious choice to do it, then to me, that shows somebody who's very much capable of growth. Um, and I admire that if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that and that's kind of where the um, discussion is going right now, uh, which is a lot of people saying that she nobody forced her to quit, but that we should commend her for making that decision and also like taking full responsibility yeah. Um, and I think that 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 is like the video really shows uh, this is kind of like one of the first times I've ever watched an apology video where, you know, people are not necessarily just making an excuse for their actions. Like she literally says it doesn't says something like it doesn't matter because if it hurts somebody, then I need to be held accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the attitude that most people need to take because, you know, of course, you can explain almost anything else away. I see a few people in the discord bringing up Shane Dawson, who also was allegedly inspired to make an apology video after Jenna Marbles released hers. And I watched his as well. And a lot of his was a little bit more like apologizing, but also trying to explain his actions by saying I had a really rough childhood or I went through a lot of things. And that is like what caused me to act out a lot. Um, you know, when I was first rising on the platform and you'll see also, if you're looking up, more information on this a lot of people comparing the two because in comparison you know Shane Dawson is still hasn't announced that he's quitting but he he definitely has a much more controversial paper paper trail than somebody like a Jenna Marbles does yeah yeah also his apology I watched it too it just didn't ring very genuine for me whereas Jenna Marble's apology, whether you want to accept it or not, um, I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer there. People should do what they feel most comfortable with um, and what feels most genuine to them. But his apology just felt really hollow and it it kind of felt like, oh, I got to save my ass type apology. Um, whereas <laughs> Jenna Marble's was like, yep, there's no excuse for this. I'm embarrassed it happened. I wish it wasn't part of my past. Deuces. <laughs> about yeah. right but in brighter news yeah in brighter news for me <laughs> uh, baseball's coming back major league baseball so um i'm really excited about that because that that's like my one sporty fascination <laughs> is uh, is baseball so if you too uh enjoy baseball then this is good news for for like the probably like the two percent of people that listen that actually care <laughs> but the season's starting late right because of covid it is and it almost yeah, didn't happen so- 
No, they've been going back and forth over how many games they wanted to play Mm -hmm. and also player salaries. So, like, I guess it all makes sense because those are technical, you know, logistics that you have to figure out on top of safety. So currently, as as it stands, all of the players that are going to be on the roster are reporting for uh, field training at their home stadiums on Wednesday, July 1st. And then opening day is scheduled to be either July 23rd or 24th. So for those of you that like don't follow baseball, a normal season, it it spans 162 games, and that's not including postseason games. And so this season, it'll just be 60 games. Mm. So it's cut down a lot. I heard one baseball team is going to have paper cutouts of people in the stadium because they're not going to have... That's my team. Oh, that's your team. I think so. Yeah, they were asking for fans to send in pictures because they want to make cardboard cutouts to put in the stands. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah. So on top of no fans, um, there's going to be no licking fingers. So pitchers will sometimes lick their fingers to to grab a hold of the ball, but they won't be able to do that. So now they'll have to hold like wet rags in their pocket in case they need a little bit of lubrication. Oh, please. And they're not going to do it out of habit. And what happens if they do it? Yeah. Are they going to find them? I don't I don't know. <laughs> There's also no chewing tobacco, which is really gross. But a lot of teams actually don't let their players chew tobacco on the field anymore because it sets a bad example for kids in the stands. Oh, yeah. Um, but you will be able to chew bubble gum. So that's nice. And no spitting either. And all no players are going to be tested either. every other day. <laughs> yeah. So this is like the other funny part, too, is that they're going to be spreading out players, not just in the dugout, but also in the stands, because you can't fit, you know, 30 people social distanced. Right. In a, you know, in a dugout. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, something light and fun to distract you. It makes Pam happy. I actually enjoy shit. going to baseball yeah. games. I went to two Cubs games it's here really in Chicago fun. last year, and I really enjoyed it. It's fun to just sit out, sit outside, drink, watch a game, act straight, hang with a friend. Uh, yeah. I saw the Giants while I was in San Francisco. That's that's Yale's baseball team, right? It is. Okay. Did you eat garlic fries while you were there? Uh, maybe. It's been a couple of years, but it was it's a really tradition. fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I'll have to do that next time. No, I had a ton of fun. I <laughs> I didn't understand anything that was going on, but it was it was a good time to hang out. I think Pam is the only one here who's genuinely into a sport. Like Laura, you're not, right? Yeah, probably. Um, I care about soccer during the World Cup. Oh, okay. But and I kind of it. care about football towards the end of the season, which I feel strange saying. But I, think I don't most look like people a football do. guy. Because, yeah. like, even if you don't watch sports during the normal season, it is really excited to get up, you know, get caught up in the hype of a yeah. postseason run because that's the best of the best playing against each other. So, yeah, bro, totally. Yeah, I love the playoffs. <laughs> um, so I personally have some progress on my destroyed home. Um, the insurance finally paid out, it only took them like two months. So now I get to do the fun part of meeting with contractors to get my fucking house fixed is that Um, sarcasm or do you think it is going to be fun no actually it is fun i met with a cabineting contractor today to look at different cabinet samples and like counter samples um so that's part of it i'm gonna be looking at flooring pretty soon as well so it's actually pretty exciting trying to think like what now that i have this opportunity to develop a new aesthetic Mm -hmm. um to kind of look on the bright side of that not the fact that by the time this is all said and done, we will have been out of our home for 
at least three months Um, because, of course, everything is super slow because of COVID. Today, um, the contractor I was working with was like, yeah, so when we put in the order, it's like three weeks to manufacture. And I was like, three weeks, that's nothing. You have no idea how long I've been waiting to even get the insurance company to pay me. I can handle three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's moving. I'm going to make a prediction. You will be back in your condo early September. No sooner. You know, it's funny. I was telling Mark the other night, I was like, hey, babe, I think we're going to be able to move back just in time for your birthday, which is early September. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we're thinking just about the same. Mm -hmm. But you had previously thought that you would only be out for a month. Like, what was the initial expectation? A month? A month. A A month. month. Because that was what the insurance told me. And then they got in and started doing the work and realized that it was way worse than what they realized Mm -hmm. upon the initial inspection. And then it became a turf war of like, well, who's going to pay for this? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not fucking paying for this. It's not my fault. Um, (laughs) So there was a lot of there was a solid like month of just like figuring out who was paying for stuff. Yeah. And like browbeating people into sending me the money. <laughs> um, but we're here now. We're good. Good. Well, later on today's show, we're going to have one of our bays join us, Scott. He's actually a meteorologist, which is awesome. And we're going to talk to him about that. I think I see him in the uh, Discord right now. It must be the same Scott. Um, but first, we're going to check in on what's going on with coronavirus and then Trumpster Fire 2020. So let's start with the coronavirus. I hope everybody stuck around to the end of last week's episode. I included a blooper when I played the wrong sound effect and then realized that oh I had flipped them. You know what? Money well spent. That just gets better every time you play oh, it. Oh, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yeah. And now I have them labeled, so I'm going to play them at the correct times. That's what happened last week, why I screwed them up. But um, so as many people might know, cases are skyrocketing on a daily basis in the United States. And a lot of states have decided that they're going to slow down, halt or kind of revert their reopening plans. Many states are backtracking. Texas, Florida, California, they began reclosing many businesses. And then many more businesses, many more states, including Arizona, Arkansas, Delaware, Idaho, Louisiana, Maine, Nevada, New Mexico, North Carolina. They also announced they're not moving on to the next phase of reopening. I just saw New Jersey, my home state, canceled their plans to reopen uh, indoor dining in restaurants uh, because they're looking at these other states and they're seeing what's going on. And they're like, we need to slow down the spread of the virus again because clearly we did not do it the first time. Yeah, we fucked up. We fucked up. Anybody who's acting like things are normal right now needs to fuck off. And speaking of that, over the weekend, I decided to risk death again. Oh my God, am I about to be mad at you? We here in Chicago entered phase four of our reopening plan and I decided to go to the gym on Saturday. Andrew. And Sunday. Now, it's limited occupancy. They are only operating at 25% capacity. And you have to wear a mask. And, of course, you're wiping down shit. I'm wiping down shit before I get on it, after I get off the machine. 
And uh, look, honest to God, part of the reason that I did it was because I wanted to be able to talk about it on the show. I make sacrifices for this show. Maybe I picked up coronavirus, but this is what I do for the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, or maybe you gave it to somebody else. Well, that person That's should have true. wiped down the equipment then or shouldn't have been at the gym in the first place if they were afraid of getting it. You sound like a Republican. <laughs> so how was it wearing a mask during your workout? It was tough. So I did the stair stepper both days. I would normally do it for 30 to 45 minutes, but I only did it for 15 it's not that it's harder to breathe, and that actually surprised me a little bit. It's when you start getting hot and sweaty, and then you continue exhaling, and then the hot air from your mouth just blows back onto your hot face. It's mm-hmm. very disgusting. But they also had a lot of cardio equipment closed off to spread people out in the cardio area. Um, only 12 people can be in the entire gym at any time. They actually have like this digital reservation system. So you have to reserve your time to go in in advance. So they know how many people are going to be in the gym. Am I going to do it a lot? No, I'm probably going to primarily spend time on my fit desk behind me, but it felt good to get back to the gym and use real machines and actually work out my body again. It's been three months. Yeah. I I mean, the thing is, you know exactly what I'm going to say to you. So I'm not going to go on a tirade. Laura, I will just. I went viral over the weekend. What else do I have to live for? I'm good. I live my life. You're good with like dying on a ventilator? No, of course not. We all know the way that this works. Even the most well-intentioned of us who are being super on top of our shit about wiping things down Mm -hmm. and everything. If you cough and your little water droplets end up in the air, somebody can get sick from that. But here's one other thing. This is a big reason why I decided to go. Cases have been going down pretty rapidly in Illinois. So I feel like, yeah, so I feel like coronavirus is kind of on the way out for the time being. New daily cases could start rising rapidly like it has in so many states. If that happens, then yeah, I'm going to stay away from the gym. But on this downward trend, I feel like it's okay. To me, the largest culprits here are the fact that states are taking such a lax approach towards this. Um, Because ultimately, if you are signaling to your citizenry that it's cool to go back to the gym, then, of course, people are going to do that because they're itching to get back to their regular lives. And it's it's the responsibility of the state to make responsible decisions. Um, Here in my home state of Georgia, cases are up 50 percent. Woo! (laughs) And it's it's because we have somebody who is unwilling to step backwards And I really hope that Illinois does not turn into a case like ours. Yeah. Because it's really bad. I think what we're learning is that no reopening plan is going to work. Right? No. Has any state's reopening plan? I guess like New York's is going okay right now. And New Jersey's? Connecticut is doing well. Connecticut? Okay. So it's like the smallest state though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Connecticut (laughs) aside, New Jersey, New York. You know, I honestly just think it's... It's really just down to the people. And the problem is, is that everybody's got cabin fever, right? Yep. So you give them an inch and then they want to take a mile. Yep. And I've seen this even even here where where I am, where everybody's used to wearing masks and they're generally, you know, following the rules. Even I've seen people standing too close together or groups sitting too close together. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like my I have a distant family that are still out in towards San Diego that just had a huge spike 
like they were talking about that over the weekend. They're still planning to have a birthday party for one of my cousins on the 7th. Ugh. That's just around the corner. There's no way you can do that and expect everybody to follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Even Mitch McConnell today said we should not stigmatize wearing a mask. A lot of people are starting to get it. Yeah. Too bad they the government didn't get it back in January. Can you imagine if we had been on this mask shit in January? Mm-hmm. We'd be like, you know what, guys? Everyone just fucking stay home for a month. Yeah. Let's just make sure we kick this thing. Wear a mask if you have to go outside. We would be in a much better position now than we are. Um, but speaking of people uh, stigmatizing masks, I don't know if y'all saw this viral video of Palm Beach, Florida residents uh, losing it over mask requirements. They had uh, sort of like a town hall where people could come speak. And there was some real insanity in this video. You literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my, the people, we the people, are waking up. And we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening, okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. And you, doctor, are going to be arrested for crimes against humanity. The problem with humanity today is ignorance, arrogance, and apathy. Keep taking the road of least resistance. Keep listening to the TV brainwashing you from birth. Bitch, where are you getting your info from? And they want to throw God's wonderful breathing system out the door. You're all turning your backs on it. I really have many question marks about your degrees and what you really know. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I don't think that you are worthy of your credentials. Telling a doctor they are not worthy of their credentials. These people have lost their minds. These doctors, these public health officials, they are only looking out for everybody's safety. They don't stand to benefit in any other way. Sorry, I'm laughing because Hannah in the Discord was like, is this the video where the woman was like, I don't wear a mask for the same reason I don't wear underwear. Things need to breathe. Yep. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, Uh. Hannah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And Andrew, to your point, all of these people who have lost their minds, they're going to kill us all. They are. And that's why I am so adamant about all of this and especially being in a state where it's really bad. And then my neighboring state of Florida is even worse. Um, it's really concerning to just be out and around and see people not even trying. Like I have carried extra masks with me and offered them to people that I was interacting with because I was like, could you please wear this? Because I have asthma and I really don't need to get sick. Yeah. Most people like awkwardly are like, okay, I'll wear it. But you can tell they don't want to. (laughs) Right, right. Because it's so hard to breathe. By the way, it's not hard to breathe in these masks period yeah and doctors have come out and actually like carried o2 monitors so they can show what their oxygen levels are with and without a mask and there's no fucking difference no difference that's another reason i went to the gym because i knew for sure there was no difference if i hadn't seen that tweet from that doctor i would have started like giving myself a panic attack on the stair stepper (laughs) But I saw your governor, Laura, is embarking on a wear a mask tour. Now, he's been really bad Mm -hmm. in his handling of coronavirus, but this is good, right? Yeah, so he's going to um, Savannah, Columbus, Augusta, Albany, everywhere except Atlanta. Not going to the capital city 
of his state. Because he knows that you guys are going to rip him a new one? Yeah. Perfect. He knows what kind of reception he's <laughs> going to get there. Also, I'll be really curious to know if he actually wears a mask on his wear a mask tour because he has, he has encouraged people to wear masks, but he himself does not. Like when Pence was here a few weeks ago, they went out to a diner to have breakfast together. Neither of them wore masks. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, praising how important it is to wear them. And then Pence is in the fucking press room saying like, you know, well, we have to remember about masks. There is freedom of speech in this country. Bitch, what are you talking about? <laughs> Ask me this next question. I think you're going to get mad at me again. Oh, but it's not no. my fault this time. What do you mean it's not your fault? Ask the you question have, first. You have free will, Andrew. You're right, I do, um, but I would get in trouble. So with at least 14 states pausing or rolling back their reopenings to avoid repeating the national fuck up that was Memorial Day weekend over the coming 4th of July holiday, I'm interested to know what are we all doing this weekend, Andrew? <laughs> I'm going back to Pat's family farm for a cookout. How many people are going? I don't know. Hopefully not his gay cousins who cropped me out at the photo. Otherwise, I'm going to push them into a grill. I don't think they're going. But I think at least, I don't know, it's probably a decently sized cookout. I haven't even asked. But I don't It's going to be outside. So that's good. Yeah, and, being outside is better than being inside. But I'll tell you what, if I wear a mask around those people, they're going to be, I'm going to get some comments. Oh, that, that gay the over there is the wearing show, a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah right yeah don't should... you don't you experience all of these things so you can report right, back exactly. to us yes good point good point i will i will uh load up my voice memo app and record it so i can capture some people yelling Amazing. at me for wearing a mask <laughs> no i actually i haven't even asked pat about this yet so i maybe should but he wants to go home because we might be moving in a month or so so we have to you yeah. know he wants to have a family event well i think that they're okay so for people who are able to fully 100% quarantine and like stay at home and not leave and not interact with anyone, I think that's great. And I 100% support that for people who have the ability to do that. Most of us don't have that, right? So like, I, you know, me and Mark had to move in with my parents. I'm having to interact with contractors. There are certain things about life that are going to go on that are unfortunately inevitable. And yeah. I think that if you're wanting to make a visit to family and you've been quarantining and they've been quarantining and you're not like getting on a fucking airplane to go do it, I think it seems relatively low risk. My only concern would just be like, are they inviting the entire extended family to this cookout? That would make me nervous. Yeah. I would I would assume there's going to be a decent number of people there. I just texted Pat to see what he has to say about this. But I feel like if we keep our distance, if it's outside, if we're not touching things other people have touched, I think it should be okay. Yeah. I don't know if you can see them, but I have lots of gray hairs coming in. Am I giving and- you them? I'm going to start naming them after Andrew. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I know. I've been bad this week. I'm sorry. Blame blame this cookout on Pat, though. That's not my fault. But I have to go. Pam, are you doing anything? Or Laura? I, I'm going to stay home and watch Hamilton again. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Twins. I'm not feeling very patriotic right now. I haven't been feeling so patriotic yeah, in four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like the most I can muster is like let me 
just have escapism for a couple of hours and enjoy some great musical theater. Yeah. There's going to be a big breakout here in Chicago, probably everywhere after 4th of July weekend. Everybody's going to be outside grilling just like me in farmland, Wisconsin. Um, But just around here, people crowd the beaches. Even last weekend, it's going to be a mess. I'm canceling my gym membership. I've seen some family members of mine with whom I do not routinely interact. And by that, I mean, I haven't seen them in like several years. They were like posting about how they went to Destin, Florida for vacation. And I was like, are you fucking for real? Like, (laughs) you're in the new hot spot. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? Well, I think we have to move on to a different kind of fire, right? We do. Trumpster fire 2020. The Republic Rumble part two. (laughs) Um, So we can kick it off by talking about the latest SCOTUS decision. So SCOTUS actually, Supreme Court of the United States, uh, ruled today on the day that we're recording this episode uh, against the Louisiana abortion law that would have closed nearly every abortion clinic in the state. So that is a win. Um, Justice John Roberts, again, swung across the aisle to join the liberal judges to strike Mm -hmm. this shit down. Kind of not surprised by this because they did a similar move with a Texas abortion law that was very similar in terms of requiring um, abortion providers to have admitting privileges to hospitals in order to be able to provide that service. Um, So this law was very, very similar to that. So Not surprised that they struck it down, but it is encouraging to know that even in this era of like fundamental extremist right wingery, um, that they're at least regarding Roe v. Wade, whether you like it or not, as settled law and not something that should be tampered with. Not to say they won't keep trying because they will. (laughs) And again, this upsets the evangelicals, right? Why Mm -hmm. they vote for Trump. (laughs) They're not getting anything out of this. Um, Also, the New York Times reported late last week that intelligence officials reported a plot as early as January of this year to their superiors in U.S. intelligence about a suspected Russian plot to to pay bounties to the Taliban to kill U.S. soldiers. Did you guys see this? Yeah, this was disturbing. Of course, Trump denies ever being briefed on such a thing. And he's, of course, being contradicted by a number of anonymous government officials and intelligence sources who's spoken to The Times and to The Washington Post. Um, And they believe that the death of at least one U.S. service member is linked to this uh, plot to pay bounties for American soldiers. Yeah. And apparently... Uh, American intelligence officials have known about this since as early as January, I think. Yep. Meaning Trump could have known about it since as early as January. Mm -hmm. And he's definitely praised Russia in that time. Numerous times. Well, thankfully, there is a bipartisan push in Congress to try and get more answers here. um, Because you have people, even like Liz Cheney, who... Not a fan, but she asked some good questions. She was like, hey, so if this is credible reporting, I have some questions. One, why were the president and vice president not briefed? 
two, what sorts of, you know, admonishments are we going to lay at the feet of Vladimir Putin for this? Even if they didn't succeed in this mission, they shouldn't be allowed to plan it with no repercussions, right? right. Um, so that'll just be something interesting to keep an eye on. He's he's not had a great week. And I think one of the last things that the Supreme Court's going to be ruling on are his tax returns. And that's what I'm most interested to see. I don't think it'll make a difference because none of Trump's like financial dealings have, you know, had any success in ousting him. Um, but it would just be sort of like another be the cherry on top, I guess. It's unpatriotic. It's un-American that there have been no sanctions against Russia for this. I mean, this is the worst of the worst. Yeah, agreed. Little tech news I wanted to share as well. Facebook and Twitter, they're attempting to crack down on misinformation. Of course, this has been a big issue the past few years. Facebook is going to start warning users when they're sharing an old article. And this is really important because how often are we looking on Facebook and somebody's sharing something from five years ago and you're like, Aunt Kathy, this is not news. This is old and this has been disproven already. So that's good. I guess they're going to kind of scan the article and then detect if it's old or not. Um, Also, Facebook will label newsworthy posts from politicians that violate its rules. So in other words, if Trump starts being a piece of shit on their platform, They will explain why the post is problematic. They have been very hesitant to do this. They've been losing advertisers over it. So finally, they're going to do something like Twitter has been doing in recent weeks. Speaking of Twitter, they will encourage users to read an article before sharing a link. How often do we see this as well? People just share a link because they read a headline and they may not get the whole story. So now Twitter is going to start telling people when they don't tap the link and they just share it. Hey, why don't you actually read this so you get the full picture and you can decide for yourself if this story is accurate or not? I mean, I think we're all guilty of this to some extent. I've seen headlines and I'm like, oh my God, this sounds terrible. And then I open up the link and it's actually not as bad as as people are making it sound. So I love this. Yeah, it's easy to get swept up in the confirmation bias of a headline. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that this is good all around. Whether people are actually going to do it, who knows? Yeah, it's an important nudge. I made a decision about Facebook because I've been so conflicted about Facebook over the last few years, um, but particularly over the last few months, just looking at its impact on our election cycles. And if I didn't, if we didn't have the millennial Facebook group or the MuggleCast Facebook group, I would delete my Facebook tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still want to be able to be active in those communities. Those are really the only reasons I'm still on Facebook. So I've decided that I'm going to completely lock my profile down, delete a whole bunch of shit off of it and just have it be like a skeleton profile that nobody can look at. (laughs) And I'm just going to keep it alive for the millennial Facebook group so I can hang out with y'all. I hate Facebook. Fuck Facebook. I think that's a good idea. I kind of like that. That's where I get held up as well. I mean, we need it to make posts on social media and the groups. I love groups. I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook these days. Like that's primarily Mm -hmm. what I look at. And they're fun because you just join a group that 
has your interests and you meet new people and you have some good conversations. I'm in my neighborhood group. I love talking about what's going on in the neighborhood. Pam, what do you think of all these changes? Do you think they're going to be helpful or? Um, I don't know. I think that it's kind of one of those things. It's hard to tell until it's been implemented for a while. But I guess something is better than nothing. And like you, I am very surprised that they actually caved to the pressure because you know, just before Twitter announced that they were going to be adding some new banners to information that might be faulty, didn't wasn't that when Mark Zuckerberg said that they it wasn't their place to to weed out what people were going to post and stuff? So this is like backtracking a lot. Mark Zuckerberg literally said that it's not our job to decide what right. is truth or not. What the fuck? Yeah, it is part of your responsibility. And by the way, over 100 advertisers have stopped advertising on Facebook in the past couple of weeks. There is a revolt going on. Good. Because of, because of not just this issue over truth, but just the hate, that, all the hate that happens on Facebook. A lot of people are suddenly deciding we don't want to advertise here anymore. Yeah, it's a horrible place and I don't want it anymore. Um, <laughs> is that a line from a song? Maybe. <laughs> it could be maybe it's the line from the song about my life <laughs> but anyway we wanted to take a quick break uh to hear from one of our sponsors and to hear about something that um, we should all absolutely love and not want to throw away and that's rothy's rothy's makes stylish sustainable shoes and bags for life on the go they're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic I've been wearing Rothy's for a couple of years now, and I can say they are my go-to shoe. And it's no surprise that Vogue calls their shoes a new obsession. I personally love the point silhouette, but there are several different silhouettes and dozens of colors and designs to choose from to add a pop of color or uniqueness to any outfit. Plus, there are new sandals that are out for the increasingly warm weather, so look forward to those. They launch new colors and patterns every few weeks, so you can be sure that what you're wearing is really a unique addition to your wardrobe. Rothy's has kept 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. This checks a lot of boxes for all of the fashion-forward environmental conservationists out there. Check out all of the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L for comfort, style, and sustainability. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. Okay, an old game is coming back. Yeah, so we wanted to bring back Google that shit. Uh, And this is going to be Millennial versus Gen Z edition since apparently we're being pitted against each other by TikTok. Yeah. And BuzzFeed. I saw BuzzFeed yeah. stoke the flames. I think I think it's mostly good-natured. I'm taking it all in stride because I remember when I was 19, I definitely thought people who were 30 were old as hell. So oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm like, yeah, you like a friend of mine texted me the other day with a screenshot of some Gen Zers roasting millennials. And she was like, do they think we're old? And I was like, yes, they <laughs> a thousand percent do. And we are comparatively. When I was single and I would go on Grinder and I would see these guys who were in like their late 20s and their 30s. I used to be like, ew, a 30 year old. That's so gross. I would never get with a 30 year old. And now I'm like, oh, God, if I got on Grinder, people who are like, you know, 
25 would be saying that about me. <laughs> Goes around, so comes sad. around. Yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> so what we're going to do is I've got a few different partial Google searches here. And Pam and Andrew are going to try and guess what the top completed search phrase for that partial phrase is. Um, I suppose we can uh, uh, assign points if y'all want. I'll keep track. This might be my first time playing as a contestant on oh, Google. Oh, yeah, because you usually put it together. Yeah. Oh, fun. I'm nervous. I'm like a 25-year-old getting with a 30-year-old on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First one. Why does Gen Z blank? Hate. Use TikTok. Hate millennials. <laughs> <laughs> Any other guesses? Complain. Why does Gen Z um, pr- protest? Maybe something about activism. How dare they protest? All right. Well, Pam was the only one who got one. And she also got the top search result, which was, why does Gen Z hate millennials? <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, BuzzFeed and TikTok. I right? know. I, I refuse to believe it. I don't think they hate us. I think that we're easy to mock. And they that's love true. to hate us. Right. Yeah. They love to make fun of us, just like we love to make fun of them. Yeah. It's funny, though, because we never really made fun of Gen X, which was the generation that preceded us. Because they were we non-existent. <laughs> yeah, we went straight to the baby boomers. We were like, man, fuck the boomers. <laughs> okay, so looking at millennials now, why do millennials blank? This was Complain. interesting. <laughs> uh, eat avocado toast. That's good. Um, Love Harry live Potter. with their parents. Ooh, I like that one. Have no money. That's a good one, too. Um, so Pam was also the only one who picked one. She got the third result. Fuck or the third highest search result, which was, why do millennials live at home? Um, (laughs) I wanted to double back because I realized I didn't share all the results from Gen Z. So why does Gen Z hate millennials was the first result. Why does Gen Z not care is the second result. And this is a weird one. Why does Gen Z look older is the third result. Because they've seen some shit. Yeah, for real. (laughs) For real. And so... With millennials, the top result is, why do millennials look so young? Thank oh. you. Because <laughs> millennials spend all must money have on skewed... skincare and avocado oh, toes. Yep, that's Millennials must have it. skewed those results, I think. Probably. And why do millennials travel? I feel like this is a valid one. Yeah. We can't pay uh, our rent, but we'll sure as shit fly to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and spend $500 a night on a hotel room. And then, of course, why do millennials live at home? So that makes it uh, Pam 2, Andrew 0 so far. Okay, next one. When will Gen Z blank? Go away. <laughs> um, start voting. Die. Jesus. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> probably i don't know i don't have anything else maybe when millennials grow up first um okay so this is kind of creepy uh the top result is when will gen z end so i'm gonna give it to andrew because you said like be over or whatever um the second result when will gen z die oh my gosh i was right that's what he said yeah i think i'm starting to see why gen z is so pissed off look at all the horrible things people are saying about them well i think the first one that you said may have been they were curious how young is a gen Zer? like Mm -hmm. what's the what's the cutoff gonna be and then what's the next generation 
Third result here was when will Gen Z retire? Millennials are never going to retire, yeah. so I don't know what I'm Gen be Z working thinks for they're the rest doing. Of my life. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. When will millennials blank die? This one's probably <laughs> retire or finish paying yeah. student loans. Yeah, and buy a house. Questions like that. Yeah. So the top one, when will millennials retire? So Pam gets a point for that, taking her up to three. Pam, you are quite the Googler. Yes. Yes. These are all the questions I ask myself when I'm slipping into existential <laughs> dread at night, you know? When what? When will I be able to stop working? 2020 is a constant stream of existential dread. The story of my life. <laughs> okay. The second uh, most searched for option, when will millennials take over? <laughs> Uh, I mean, we have a couple of Senate candidates who are up in the fall. John Ossoff, mm. he's elected here in Georgia. He'll be the first millennial senator, which would be kind mm. of dope. Um, and then the third one, when will millennials outnumber baby boomers? Never, because they'll never <laughs> die. All right, next one. Why does Gen Z love TikTok? Um, social media. K-pop. That's a good one. Protesting. <laughs> Got to bring it back to the protesting. Right, right. So the first choice is, why does Gen Z love Friends? I think that's referring to the TV oh, show. Oh, that mm -hmm. actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Is The Office on there, too? That's another big, like, they got a big Gen Z spike as well. Yeah. Okay, so oh. it's funny. TikTok is the second choice. Why does Gen Z love TikTok? So, Pam, that brings you up to four. And the third search was, why does Gen Z love The Office? Which is wow. so funny because I visited um, my brother once and he and his girlfriend just had the office like constantly streaming in the background. My brother is technically a millennial, but he's like right on the cusp of Gen Z. And mm. I was just kind of like, why do they just have the office on all the time? <laughs> We've actually been binging the office recently, but I'll talk about that later. Ooh. Okay, last two questions. Why do millennials love blank? Definitely Avocados. friends. Avocados. <laughs> we have like the same answers brunch. for all these. Brunch. Why do millennials brunch. love brunch? Complaining. Buzzfeed. Millennial podcast. Disney. <laughs> Disney. I, you wish, Andrew. Theme parks. And nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. So the first choice was why do millennials love plants? Oh, like house plants. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do we? That, that's a trend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have houseplants. Uh, why do millennials love astrology? I actually know several people in our age group who are very into like zodiac signs and like Mercury being in retrograde and whatever the fuck. Mm. That's a thing. Um, and then, Pam, you got this one. Why do millennials love avocados? It takes you up to five. Because we're smart. Avocados are good. So I do have a tiebreaker question. I'm going to make it worth four points so that it's possible for this to actually be a tiebreaker because you're sitting at okay. two right now, Andrew. Pam, you're Should at five. Should we each submit one answer? Yeah. Okay. Make it one answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be tough. We're turning it to baby boomers for the tiebreaker question. Why do baby boomers blank? Complain about millennials. Eat Activia. <laughs> that's funny, but that's not one of the answers. Um, so the answers were, and this is very odd. The top answer is, why do baby boomers have hepatitis C? 
What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Apparently it's super prevalent because there was like a lot of medical malpractice and really shitty medical procedures happening pre-1965. <laughs> it got a lot of people sick. Uh, wow. Second answer was, why do baby boomers have so much stuff? And the final answer, give it to Pam, why do baby boomers complain so much? Wow. Well, nice job, Pam. <laughs> Well done. Nine to two. Thank you. All right. So before we bring on our Bay guest, Scott, we have a word from another sponsor this week. Issue. We love talking about tools on this show that help save you time in your workflow or help you do things you've never been able to do before. So you can get more done and look talented as hell. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Issue. They are another tool to help you in your job. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or anyone that wants to make eye-catching content without being an expert. An issue makes it easy. Simply upload your PDFs and files, and issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. Suddenly, you'll look like a design expert. With issue, you create it once and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And of course, all the content will look great on desktop and mobile devices, and that's really important. Plus, Issue is used by millions of people to discover new content, so you'll even reach more readers once you publish with Issue. They even have SEO tools so that your content can be discovered via Google. Best of all, it is free to get started with Issue. Go to issuu.info slash M-I-L-L to sign up for your free account. Make your content the best it can be and make it easy for everyone to access no matter how they're trying to view it. That's issuu.info slash M-I-L-L to sign up and let them know you heard about it from our show. Remember, that's .info, not .com. We will include a link in the show notes. Again, go to issue.info slash M-I-L-L to set up your free account today. So hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you. And thanks for your support on our Patreon. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Been listening for over a decade now, I think, since the early days of MuggleCast in the double digits, I think. Wow. Thank you for sticking with us all that time. Are you team JK Rowling or Stephen King? Stephen King. Is that even a question? <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people say King is King <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, so tell us about yourself and, and what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is Scott and I work as a meteorologist for the government. Um, pretty much what I do on a day-to-day basis is I issue forecast uh, for the protection of life and property for the area of responsibility that I have. Um, been doing this for about five years now and uh, have always wanted to do it. And here I am doing it. That's so cool. I was telling you the other day, I think as a kid, I always wanted to be a meteorologist because I would look at the weatherman on television. I'd be like, wow, that's so cool. He stands in front of a map. He's <laughs> like, here's the temperatures, y'all. What you do is more advanced than that, I think. But it's it's pretty cool. It seems like a dream job. Yeah, I've always been interested in weather. I grew up in North Texas in the Dallas area. And uh, from tornado warnings, having to take cover in the bathtub because there were no basements in North Texas to counting the number of 100 degree days by calling uh, other folks might remember the time and temperature phone number back as a kid they had it in certain areas of the country and we'd always keep logs of that in elementary school and just kind of got into it then and it stuck with me 
So I think before we got further into the discussion, you wanted to make a little disclaimer about what oh, you say. Yeah, yeah, sure. So officially, anything that I say today, it, you know, would be my personal professional views only and do not represent or do not necessarily reflect the views of my employer. That's a okay. boilerplate disclaimer. Yeah, got <laughs> totally it. understand. So what is your day to day job like as a meteorologist? One thing that sucks most about the job is I work rotating shifts. So I have worked every day of the week, every time of the day, nights, midnights, uh, swing shifts, day shifts, 5 a.m.s over time at 2 a.m., uh, holidays as well. So it's a demanding job with uh, it takes a toll, at least on the work life balance. Um, but at least you when you're working, you don't have to ever work from home unless now you're teleworking, I guess. However, um, when you're in the office, usually what I'll do is I'm responsible for different aviation forecasts for the airports that are in my area. I also do wow. I also do things for marine forecasting. So what is the swell going to be like or the wind waves, things that mariners look out for. Um, fire weather is another big thing that out in my area of the country, at least that we'll talk about later in After Dark, actually. Um, and then I do public forecasting as well. So the high temperature, low temperature, chance of rain, um, and then different climate things as well. That's another program that I uh, work in. It's kind of mind blowing to me because like the three of us and our listeners, when we want to know the temperature, we just load up the AccuWeather app or whatever, you know, and we get it. But you, you're responsible for all that information. <laughs> like <laughs> you're giving us the information is so important. Is it very fulfilling to be able to provide such an important service to people? Yeah, I think the number one thing that keeps me going, you know, even on the night shifts when I'm exhausted um, is that if I can send out something that would save at least one life, it's been completely justified why you know I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. What a like meaningful, important job. And when you say you work, like you'll work overnights, is that because you're in charge of like issuing warnings or? So we have at least two folks that are working night shifts for safety purposes. I'd rather only have one, but um, it's always good to look out for one another, make sure that you stay awake. Um, and if things get busy, if there's an earthquake or tsunami, then things can get busy very quickly, obviously. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, part of working rotating shifts is just the job. We sign up for it and you know going into the job that that's what's going to happen. Do you feel like really powerful when you send out an alert? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, for my very first warning I sent out, I have it framed actually still. So, um, Oh, that's, that's so cool. It's uh, kind of tradition in the agency to do that. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> if you sent out like a prank warning, would you get like thrown in jail? You better hope that you're in test mode in the system so it doesn't go out to the real world. Otherwise, you'll have uh, <laughs> many th answers or you'll have to answer many questions. Right. Yeah. Kind of. This wasn't weather related, but kind of like, you know, the nuclear missile warning yep. that accidentally went out to Hawaii. Yeah. 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 I remember that. <laughs> With my site, Hypable, we have an app and people can subscribe to push alerts and i feel like i have so much power when i send out one of those alerts like i'm gonna be lighting <laughs> up people's phones with this information and displaying a message on their screen i mean it's like a text message right. but i'm sending it to thousands of people i feel powerful right you're sending it to like <laughs> millions of people but yeah i can send it to phones send it to interrupt your tv your radio but it's Whoa! all all to protect life and property in the end oh that's you guys too like the 
the crazy alerts that go on the television? Most of them would be yes. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the I'm one. I'm trying to watch Will <laughs> the emergency alert system. No yeah. Next time I get <laughs> one, I'm going to be like, oh, Scott. <laughs> Fucking yeah, Scott like, with his alerts. Why did you interrupt alerts? last 10 minutes of the season finale? <laughs> that actually comes up very often, especially with the uh, the on-air meteorologists, especially in the south where Tornado Alley is, typically you get your most severe storms in the evening hours when primetime television is on. Um, mm. So that's we're definitely not a stranger to that uh, noise. Maybe these wouldn't reach your desk, but do people write and complain about the alerts? Like, why did you send this at 8 o'clock right as The Bachelor was starting? Um, we don't necessarily get complaints, you know, by mail or anything but on twitter and facebook we do get messages and replies or we're pulled into a tweet that we have nothing to do with um it, it's very entertaining working social media at work i will say that but it's fun i see okay so another question i had is since you're in charge of such a, a you have such a powerful role and people really depend on this information when because it's not a matter of if when you get things wrong in your forecasting which i just feel like it's inevitable do you feel like shit? Like, do you feel bad? We're always going to have some degree of error in the forecast. And this is the scientist in me speaking. It's hard to be 100% accurate just because we never get a precise snapshot of what's happening in the atmosphere. It's impossible to observe that everywhere on the globe. So there's going to be error, inherent error. Um, now, the real problems happen is when we are having a high impact event, say a heat wave in a population area that doesn't have air conditioning. Is it going to be 85 degrees, 90 degrees, 95 degrees? You get more and more impacts as the temperature goes up. And so you might have counties or cities asking, well, do we need to open those cooling shelters? Um, there's other side effects, if you will, for our core partners in the end. And so if we bust a forecast, you kind of bust on your core partners too in the public, but you take what you these experiences and push them forward in the future and hope that some of the you do pattern recognition for better forecasting in the future and you hope the models do a better job because sometimes they don't do a good job but oftentimes yeah. people never remember when we're right they always like to remember when we're wrong right isn't that the way of it mm -hmm. yeah. um if you're able to speak to this I know we were interested as to how your job has been impacted by the Trump administration. Sure. So again, this is my personal views of nothing <laughs> official, but everything that I'm about to say has been, there's been a Freedom of Information Act request. So all the emails are out there. So it's public knowledge. But the only thing that really has come up over the last three years was the whole Hurricane Dorian in Alabama thing that has impacted me. And even so, it's been, it was very minimal for my office just because I'm not in the Birmingham, Alabama office. Really, the only thing that we were told is if any media inquiries or public inquiries came into our local office regarding Hurricane Dorian, we were to send them up the food chain to um, headquarters in Washington, D.C. to refer them the question. So, and for anybody, just to be clear, this was the Sharpie incident where they added yes. a projected range where the hurricane would go on a map to align with Trump's off-the-cuff remarks about the hurricane coming for, what was it, Mississippi, Alabama? Alabama. Well, it, Alabama. that's what it was drawn into. And there was even an email that had, and I quote, it was doctored in it. So um, <laughs> that was uh, released to BuzzFeed. Uh, so 
But other than that, the Trump administration has been hands off. Right. You know, we're scientists. We value data integrity um, and communication with the public. It's you know paramount to provide public safety to you know anyone in the country. You know, weather forecasts and warnings. And so we've, I continue along with my job uninterrupted. Nine, I'd say ninety nine point five percent of the time. That's great. Okay. That's good. Well, speaking of science. We wanted to talk about climate change. You're very passionate about it. You're very well read on climate change. And from where you sit, how immediate of a threat is climate change? And is climate change real? Well, answering that second question, climate change is undoubtedly real. Even if there wasn't any human influence, climate is always subject to changes across the globe, just with the Earth's orbit and the tilt in the orbit. Um, but over the last, say, 50 years or 100 years, there is no possible explanation aside human-induced warming as a result of uh, carbon emissions. Um, and this has been actually authored by the United States government in the fourth National Climate Assessment in 2018. And the folks who write this are members of all sorts of branches in government, the military, NOAA, the Weather Service, NASA, the Department of Interior. So these are, you know, way above me scientists who are contributing to these reports, providing the data, and then publishing it as a public service. And it's actually by law, this research must happen. Um, and so climate change is very real and it is happening. As a scientist who is so well read on this, <laughs> how does the climate denier movement make you feel? Well, the best thing that I can say is just education. You're not going to be able to convince everybody about the problem or what is happening. It's just a, you know, I've run into my hometown talking with people at the local VFW, you know, this was prior to COVID, of course, but people talking to me about, you know, oh, it was 50 degrees in my backyard in July. This must be global cooling. Well, no, that's the weather in your backyard on that given day. Climate is looking at and examining the long-term trends over a specific area or the globe as a whole. Before we started referring to it as climate change, we would frequently hear global warming. Was it a mistake to refer to it as global warming? Because people like that would then have a cool day and say to themselves, well, there can't be global warming because it's cool in the middle of July. I think at that point, it's just a misunderstanding between weather versus climate. The global or the globe is warming. So I think it's a fair, it's fair to say global warming or climate change. It's just that global warming is one aspect of the overarching idea of climate change. Got it. Education, again, is the primary thing that we need to focus on is just making sure people understand the facts, the science, and then just educating too in elementary schools and middle schools, making sure that folks get a good science-based education in the classroom. Do you think it's taught in schools much right now? I believe in a lot of states they are, at least in California and some other states in the Northeast, I believe they are integrating uh, the concepts of climate change or just weather and climate more so um, into curriculums. As to the detail, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, though. What is the coolest part of your job, in your opinion? Like, what's your favorite part? Gosh, um, I think the coolest thing that I've done is I actually can be deployed on site to various things, um, whether it's a high-impact weather event um, in my area that tends to be with fires, um, but there can also be heat wave deployments where I have to go to a city or a county where I'm embedded with emergency managers, and I actually get to um, 
sit side by side and give them weather information to help them make uh, plans as they need to. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And like you said, in after dark today, you're going to be talking about the wildfires. Um, Scott, <laughs> like we say on the show very often, we're like, we can't talk about this on the main show, but in after dark, we definitely can. That was yep. Scott to me a couple of days ago. So I'm glad you can use it as an outlet as well. Scott. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I'm very yeah. much looking forward to this. Yeah, and Pam actually wanted to talk about the wildfires as well, so it works out perfectly. <laughs> Anything else you want to say to people? Like, what should we know about climate change or meteorology? For millennials and just any any citizen out there, just recognizing the difference between weather and climate. Yes, we are going to have record highs. Yes, we will still have record lows as the globe continues to warm. Um, but again, look at the long-term trends for for example, across the globe over the last 365 days, there were 347 all-time record highs achieved. Compare that to only 14 record lows. So the number of record <sighs> highs is way much or is significantly higher than the number of record lows that are being achieved. So that just goes to show, you know, the weather in an individual's backyard might be cold one day. But if you smooth it out and look at the trends, it generally will be warmer. That's the thing about all this. I don't know how you can look at a simple chart showing Earth warming and say to yourself, climate change isn't real. Everybody needs to get on board with this immediately. Either that or it seems like, you know, sometimes you have the other side of that argument where people have decided that the science is irrefutable and that climate change is real. And they're like, well, yeah, there's no problem. This is just normal. For the planet, right? The planet goes through cycles of heating and cooling, and that's normal. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, for the purposes of us being able to live on it, it might be a problem. Will we be able to survive on Earth 100 years from now? Yeah, of course, we'll be able to survive, I believe. Um, I hope as long as an asteroid doesn't hit us before then. However, <laughs> but I mean, because yeah, of climate change, <laughs> right? But the, the thing that we'll have to do is adapt to the changes. So if you live near the coast, you probably don't want to be investing in coastal property right now, because as oceans warm, uh, or as the earth warms and the glaciers melt, you'll see sea level rise um, on the order of, well, at least since 1900, we've seen seven to eight inches of sea level rise. Um, but fast forwarding to the end of this century, it could rise by another one to four feet from present levels. And so low locations that, especially on the Southeast coast, uh, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, there have been record episodes of coastal flooding just as a low pressure system goes up the coast. You get storm surge and inland flooding. Charleston, South Carolina is one of the really bad locations that experiences that annually. I think we often, and maybe a lot of people are just joking, but I think we often say that Earth won't survive this much longer. So just hearing you say we'll be able to survive this in 100 years from now, that is kind of comforting. I don't like the trajectory (laughs) that we're on, but okay, here's another quick question. Not a quick question, but maybe you can make it quick. Can we lower the average temperature? Can we cool down Earth? Naturally, it would be very difficult at the pace that we're going. Um, There are a lot of other things that go into the entire global average temperature. If you were to put a thermometer everywhere on the surface of the earth and average it out, um, there are so many other things happening that even if we suddenly stopped driving or stopped flying, stopped emitting, you know, the cows stopped emitting methane, um, there are still, you still have this inertia going forward that you're still going to see some warming. And whether or not we ever revert back to 
um, the early 1900 levels, it'd be very difficult. In fact, um, since around 19, somewhere in the early 1980s, every single calendar month on the globe has observed above normal temperatures. So it's been over, I believe, 400 plus consecutive months where it has been above normal for that month. Damn. And that, that's averaged across the entire globe. Your backyard might be cooler that month, but again, look at the trends across a large area. I have one more question. It just started thundering here. How much longer is that going to go on for? <laughs> you better you better check your weather radio or your favorite weather app. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Scott. That was really interesting. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, yeah, super informative. I'm excited for After Dark. Yeah, and you have a great job again. Like, wow, really cool. I just love all that power that you wield. <laughs> so neat. <laughs> Andrew, you're a true Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I love the power, power. that you wield. <laughs> I, I will say too, though, with all my colleagues across the country, there are thousands of uh, passionate scientists who work day in and day out, 24-7, 365 to do the job. And so it's it's a team, a team effort. and um, you know, it's wonderful to be working alongside such uh, great colleagues too through the process. Yeah, that's cool. And like I said, it's important work, so it must be fulfilling. Okay, so let's move on to recommendations before we wrap up the show. Panera Bread, popular uh, sandwich breakfast restaurant, fast casual here in America. Um, they have announced a free coffee all summer program. And what you have to do is sign up for their My Panera Plus coffee subscription. This is normally going to be like $7.99 a month or $8.99 a month. They announced this right before the pandemic hit. And I actually reached out to Pam about this. I was like, are you going to sign up? Because this seems great. Like eight bucks for all you can drink coffee? Like sounded cool. But then the pandemic hit. People stopped going to Panera. And now to get people back in, I presume they're going to... Uh, allow free coffee, no subscription all summer. So if you want free coffee and you like Panera, check this out. Just go to Panera's website and you can sign up. Um, I have recently gotten on the Glossier train. Um, anybody who's into makeup has probably heard of this brand. Um, they're really great because they are a green brand. They don't do any animal testing or anything like that. They also recently made a pretty substantial donation to Black Lives Matter um, so I just appreciate their um, their brand for the work that they're trying to do. But I purchased a product called Future Dew. I don't know if anyone here has heard of it, anyone in the Discord. It's really great. I was skeptical. It's supposed to be an oil and a serum all in one that's supposed to give you that like dewy, just washed, just like moisturized look. And you can either wear it under your makeup or you can wear it without makeup. And it just gives you like a nice little glow. It's not greasy or oily or anything like that. And it lasts all freaking day. So I'm really enjoying it. You get a good amount of product for the cost. It's like $24. And uh, a little goes a long way. So highly recommend. I have an older show to recommend. It's not that old. It's still going, but it's new to me. Um, so I wanted to recommend Younger, which you can binge through the most recent season. Um, so not the one that's coming up, but the the last one that ended over on Hulu. Um, I just like to have a show where nothing bad really happens going in the background, <laughs> like on the back burner so that I can take a yeah. break from all the stuff that's a little bit too real. So Younger is my current binge and it stars Sutton Foster, Broadway star and uh, Hilary Duff of Lizzie McGuire fame. And um, one of them is a 
40 something who's trying to get back into the job market, but she can't get a job because she's been out too long. So she lies and pretends she's 25 to get a job at a publishing company. And she's <laughs> got to keep the secret. It's pretty fun. So if you're looking for a fun little sitcom, I would recommend that. And Scott, what's yours? Uh, I would like to recommend uh, the Costco pre-made margarita mix. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm at Costco all the time. And I just discovered, I actually discovered it through Reddit of all things. There's a subreddit for Costco lovers like myself and someone Ooh. spotted it and they had it. I tried it. It's 12.7% works even better if you throw it in the freezer 24 hours in advance and then pop it open because it gets all slushy and it's so delicious. There's even some um, strawberry flavored ones in some places on the West coast. And I've not found it yet at the Costco's that I've stopped into, but I'm hoping I will at some point soon. That's awesome. I know what I'm getting next time I go to Costco. And it's less yeah. than 10 bucks too. It's only like $9, I think, where I'm at. It's crazy. Cheap. Oh, cool. Damn. I love their alcohol selection. They do They've have got, a very good one. Uh, vodka freeze pops. Oh, I saw those. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. Some states Costco don't even, brand too. Some states don't even sell vodka or, uh, alcohol at Costco, so I feel sorry for those folks. I know. New Jersey is one of those states. Um, and I'm like, damn, mom and dad, you guys are missing out on this whole very fun section at Costco. <laughs> a very economical section. Yes. Yeah. I buy all my whiskey there. Well, before we wrap today, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to listeners like you who support the show. Listeners like Scott. Um, thank you again, Scott, so much for your support. And we'd also like to welcome uh, our two latest patrons, Lo and Arabella. Welcome to our community. We're so Thank excited you to have you. Us. Yeah. And if you would like to join that community, it's at patreon.com slash millennial. You'll get access to After Dark, ad-free episodes of Millennial, our live streams, and a whole lot more. So thank you to everybody who pledges there. We recently crossed over 700 patrons, which is so exciting to see. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It warms our hearts. We love you guys. Yeah. We were just talking about this year's physical gift for Bay patrons. We had an idea come up in the Discord. We're going to have to pursue. I don't know if it's possible, but we will pursue it. So uh, in After Dark today, we're going to talk more with Scott and his job. And it actually ties into where Pam lives and where she, and what she went through with the wildfires last year. And I think we might talk about television a little bit. Long TV uh, seasons versus short TV seasons. We've been meaning to talk about this for weeks. We might finally get to it today. <laughs> we'll see. Scott, what have you been listening to lately? What can we use as our outro song? Sorry, I didn't oh, ask you sooner. No problem. Well, I think it's relevant in pop culture in this day and age, unless you guys have already played it, but Rain On Me by Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening right now. I'm going to stick my head out the window, actually, as, as we play it. Good pick. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you would like to write to us, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Thanks to everybody who writes in. We appreciate getting the feedback. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Scott. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.